I have two things for you this morning, Coffermans, that I want to give you. One is a challenge to memorize a verse that we're going to look at this morning. So I would encourage you to spend some time with this verse through your freshman year and consider what it might mean to your life. Secondly, I want to uh, give you a prayer that I would encourage you to pray uh, through the remainder of your freshman year. So a verse and a prayer that I will give you this morning. Uh, congregation, they have worked hard. Confirmation is not an easy process. It's not a fast process. As Pastor Brian mentioned, for three years, they have been doing the work, hearing the teaching, praying the prayers, learning the scripture, going through the catechism, and doing what they needed to do on Wednesday nights. They've completed the assignments during the week online. They have had a mentor and life group leader in their life who have walked through with them in this three-year process, and here they are. All seven of them have completed this process, and they have been successful at it. I was thinking of the word success and what that word means. And so I went to a place that we turn to sometimes when we want to know what things mean. So I asked Google, what is the best definition of the word success? And this is uh, what Google had to say, is how it defines success. It says success is when you reach your aim or purpose, those who are successful have achieved or are currently working to achieve their greatest desires in their life and career. Individuals often have different understandings of what success means to them. So this is what Google says is the best definition of success. I put the word best in because I wanted to know what is the best definition. Now, it's not the worst definition. I kind of agree with maybe the front part of the definition in the last part of the definition. I agree that we could talk about that when we reach an aim or purpose is part of the definition of success. And I do agree that different people have different understandings of what success might be or look like in their life. But there's a little phrase in the middle that I don't agree with when it comes to the best definition of success. And it's the part that says currently working to achieve their greatest desire in their life. I can see why Google put that in there, but I would challenge us to think this morning that maybe that's not the best definition, or maybe Google's not the place that we should look to figure out what success is. I would challenge us to see what God has to say about success and what scripture has to say about success. Here's the verse, Confermans, that I would encourage you to memorize this year. It comes from the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, which seems like a great place to turn when we want to know what it means to be successful. It's a short verse, Proverbs 16.3, says, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. There's a lot of verses like this in the Bible. There's many I could have picked. We could have turned to 
Jeremiah, Philippians, all through the New Testament, the Old Testament, talks a lot about being successful and things working out, things working together for good. And when we look at these verses, we often notice the second half of the verse. That's the part that sticks out to us. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. We like that part. We like the part of everything working together for good and God helping us to be successful. But we often miss the other part of the verse. Because no matter where you look in Scripture, when it talks about God helping our plans to be successful, there's another part to the verse. And in this case, in Proverbs, it says, commit your actions to the Lord and you will be successful. These verses, I think, are some of the most misquoted and misused verses in Scripture because we want to focus on the front part, or the back, I mean, I'm sorry, the back part, but what it does for us and what it means to us. But we don't always want to look at what's the condition. The condition is if we commit our plans to God, then we will be successful. Catch this this morning. God calls us to follow the desires he puts in our hearts. He doesn't call us to follow our plans or the things that we want or the things that the world uses to define success or the things that Google uses to define success. He wants us to follow the plans that he put in our hearts. Students, he created us. Not only did he create us, but he created life. He understands life better than we will ever understand it. He understands us better than we will even understand ourselves in this life. So it seems to me, if you want to be successful, we need to turn to the one who created life and created us. And not only did he create us, but he created us uniquely with a plan and with a purpose. And Proverbs says, if we commit our actions to the Lord, our plans will succeed. So if Google were to type in its browser, the Eric Johnson browser, this is the definition of success that Google would find. I'm going to stick with the front and the ending part, but I'm going to change the middle. I would define it, at least this morning, as this. Success is when you reach your aim or purpose. Those who are successful have achieved or are currently working to achieve God-breathed desires in their life, in career. Individuals often have different understanding of what success means to them. I'll go with that last part because God gives us all different callings and all different purposes. Uh, the video we had this morning was perfect. Right? It was a living story of two people who sought God and what he was calling them to do. Right? One in nursing, asking God, can I use this to serve you? Nathan, Nathan, or, uh, 
Yeah, Nathaniel. Um, no, Matthias, sorry, got his dad there. Matthias, going to seminary, seeking what God would have for his life, right? And then coming together and saying, how do we take this plan that God has for us and use it for him? Perfect example of seeking God and his plans in our life. I truly know they will be successful as long as they continue to look for and follow the plan that God has before them. Confirmants, I'm going to tell you a, a short story. I like to tell stories. There's a reason for it, though, and that is when we hear a story, we often remember that story. And my hope is, is if I can remember the story, I'll remember the point that we talked about. So that's the purpose of the story. So I'm going to tell you the story this morning. And I know you're going to be memorizing the verse and praying the prayer that we're going to talk about in a moment. But hopefully, if not, you'll remember this story and it will lead you to that verse and to the thoughts this morning. So two weeks ago, on a Monday, my wife asked if I'd like to go out for lunch. There was no school, and uh, my kids were out of school. And on that Monday, Sarah, who is a massage therapist, was going to have her first day at opening her own massage, massage business. So it was an exciting day, and we thought we'd grab some lunch before she went to meet her first client in her new business. So we drove separately. I was here, and I met her at the restaurant, and she loaded up our pilot, our 2004, 220,000 mile Honda Pilot with her massage equipment to meet for lunch. We had a great lunch, Allison was with us, and I was gonna bring Allison home, and Sarah was gonna go on to her first day at her new massage place. Now, one thing about our Pilot is, like many of you, we have this key, right, that has the little remote to unlock the door. Ours hadn't worked for a couple of years and we brought it to Batteries Plus to get new batteries and it still didn't work. So we're like, okay, we don't need it. We have the key, we can open the door. So we are here, done eating. It's time for Sarah to go on. We say goodbye, I don't know, maybe we kissed. You don't need to know that. I don't remember exactly. But when we went to put the key in the door, it wouldn't fit in the lock. It wouldn't turn, it wouldn't go in there. We couldn't get the key in. And we had two keys, so we got out the other key and we tried to open the lock, and the lock wouldn't work. We couldn't get it in the door. And of course, they only make cars with one way to get in now, right? The driver's side door. There's no other doors that have locks or ways to get in them. So we are stuck there as she's supposed to be heading to her new business. What you have to understand is all her equipment is in the back of the pilot. So it's not just getting to where she needs to go, but it's getting the equipment to where she needs to go. And as you can imagine, we're getting a little bit nervous. The pressure is rising, kind of like sitting here before you come up to talk to a congregation or a confirmation. There's a little bit more pressure. So we say, no sweat, we'll call a locksmith and he'll get us into the vehicle. Locksmith comes out. First of all, he looks at us and says, wait a minute, your keys aren't locked in the car? Like you have two keys and you can't get in your car. He thought that was very humorous. <laughs> we didn't think it was so funny at the moment. But at any rate, he tried it. He tried to fix the lock and he's like, I, I can't get in this lock. It's like someone tried to break in and it's jammed. And he said, there's no 
problem, though, I can get you in the vehicle. That will be easy, but here's the problem. Your Honda has an alarm system. So as soon as I break into the vehicle, which I can do very easily, your lights are going to flash and your horn's going to go off, and it's going to be going off. And I said, well, how do we shut the alarm off? He said, well, you put your key in the door and you unlock it. <laughs> or you use your re remote and you hit unlock, and that shuts the alarm off. Neither of what you can do. So he said, you've got a decision to make. I can unlock your car, but it's just going to keep going off, and you have no way to shut the alarm off. And we're like, well, that's a great option. So we sent him on his way, and we stood there. We prayed a little bit. We ca called our mechanics and said, do you have any ideas? He said, well, I could get there in a couple of hours and tow it in, but to tow it in, I'd have to get in to put it in neutral. So if you want me to do that, we, we can do that. But that wasn't going to work because we didn't have a couple hours. So we're like, how about we smash the windshield? Because the windshield's cracked anyways. So, I mean, we need a new one. So maybe we just break in through smashing in the windshield. And uh, that didn't turn out to be the best idea either. They're not easy to, to, to crash, by the way. So we called another locksmith, and he came out, and he laughed at us, and we had him unlock it, and of course, the alarm's going off, and the lights are flashing, and it's, everybody's looking at us in the parking lot at the restaurant, like, why don't you shut that off? And I'm like, because we can't! <laughs> so go now, please. And so we, we prayed again, and the alarms kept going off, and the lights kept flashing, and I thought, okay. Maybe God can't hear with that alarm on. <laughs> so prayed a little louder, but that didn't work either. And so uh, we drove that vehicle to the, the Honda dealership with uh, the lights going off and the siren flashing. But here's the thing. If you go after the desires that God put in your heart instead of your own desires, he promises your plans will succeed. It didn't feel like it was succeeding at that moment very well, though. We got to the Honda dealership, and I told them, you know, this car's old. We don't need an alarm system. Bob Johnson, your insurance, you're my insurance agent. Please plug your ears right now. We'd be happy if someone stole it. Like, we don't need an alarm system. Take it. Please. And so we get there, and I say, just disconnect the alarm. We don't need it anymore. And they look at me and say, we can't do that because then you will not have lights anymore because it's connected to all your lights. So if we can disconnect that, then you won't have parking lights or headlights or turn signals or any of that stuff. So then we're like, okay, well, what are our options? They said, well, we can replace the lock, but you don't want to do that because then we have to do the ignition lock and everywhere the key would work. You can't just do one lock, and that's super expensive. So your only other option is to get your remote to work. And so we said, well, we've been trying that for two years. And they said, well, we can get you a new one. If we don't have one, it might take a week, and you can just listen to your car. You know, I'll make noise for a week. I was going to bring it to Bob Johnson's and let him have it for the week. But uh, she went back to see if they had a new one, and they, they put a new battery in, and all of a sudden it started working. <laughs> Right? 
And they're like, what do you mean it's working? They said, well, sometimes when you put a new battery in, it gets a little disconnected, and that's what happened. So it worked. It cost us $10. <laughs> right? So I tell you that story because at the end of the day, we now have a working remote to unlock our car. Steal it. You can still steal it, though, if you want. It's, it's out back. It's, it's all yours. So at the end of the day, I said, okay, God, that was a lot to go through to get us a new remote. You could have just told us to get a new battery. But if we commit our actions to the Lord, our plans will succeed. Confirmands, as we end, this is the prayer I'd like you to pray this semester. It goes like this. God, may your desires become my desires. May I desire what you desire. I began to pray that prayer in high school, and I often pray it still to this time. Because I realized that if I can desire what God desires, and that becomes the same thing, we're going to have a great ride together. It's going to be a great time. So it's not just saying, okay, God, whatever you have for me, I'll do it. It's a step further than that. It's saying, God, whatever you have for me, Help me to desire that. Help me to see people as you see them. Help me to see the world as you see it. May your heart become my heart. My, eye, my eyes become your eyes. May I sense what you sense. May I feel what you feel. May I love and care like you love and care. God, may I, my desires be your desires. May I desire what you desire. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I do pray that prayer for all seven of these students who've worked hard to be confirmed, but also each one of us sitting here this morning. Father, we thank you that if we commit our actions to you, that our plans will succeed. Father, I pray for all seven of our students, I pray for everyone sitting here this morning, and I pray for myself as well. God, may your desires become my desires. May I desire what you desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.